and welcome to episode 129 of the Disney Park Princess Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Heather. And this week, we are going to be talking about a lot of different things, but mainly masks. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot has changed since we last recorded the podcast. So we pre-recorded last week's podcast. So we haven't actually been together like this in about two weeks. And... It's a little, it, the world's got a little topsy-turvy in between <laughs> and everything we thought we were going to talk about and all the information that we thought Heather was going to have for you has basically changed since she got home. <laughs> so this is going to be a little bit of a mishmash, folks. Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, so hi guys. Hi. <laughs> I miss seeing your smiling faces. I know. I know. It's been a, it's been such a weird week already and it's only Tuesday today. So, you know, I know, but. Three years ago today, uh, we were on our way to Paris. I, I saw that this morning, and I said, oh, "Past me, so much cooler than today, me." Right? I know. And six years ago at this time, I was in Europe um, on a on a European cruise. So, past me was very happy. Bottom line, we should not be here right now. I know. Yeah. Right. This particular week, like mid to late May, in all yep. of my uh, memories, like this is usually when I travel. So yep. it's like 11 years ago, you were in the Mediterranean. Yes. 10 years ago, you were at Key West. 12 years ago, you were in our, like, and I'm just like, oh, great. Thank you. I know. <laughs> but that trip is pretty much when we started talking about like, hey, we should do like, we should do something. So it's yeah. kind of like a little bit where Disney Park Princess was born. I know. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. 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 I remember sitting like we were waiting for our flight to take off and we were talking about like, we should figure out something that we can do. And, you know, so yeah, it was three years ago today. Go figure. I can't believe mm -hmm. it. It feels like simultaneously, it feels like yesterday <laughs> and a million years ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I don't know. I think we should plan our, uh, our return to Paris to celebrate. <laughs> I because am always actually, ready to go to Paris. So right? just well, tell actually, me when. That's yeah, I, I, it wasn't on my list, but that's actually should be our first piece of news. Disneyland Paris is reopening on June 17th. Yay, so that's exciting. Yay. Um, they've reopened and closed, I think, a couple times, though. So it's maybe not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. not that exciting. Mm -hmm. I know. So, I, saw, I saw that and I was like, I don't think we're open. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they've, they've, they've gone back and forth a couple times. So. They've reopened, closed, reopened, closed. They've um, closed some of their hotels, pushed back opening dates of others, chosen to refurbish. Like, they're, they're just going a little crazy over there. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit nuts. Um, in other news, character dining is slowly starting to return to Walt Disney World, which is exciting. Chef Mickey's and Cape May Cafe have both reopened um chef mickey's is like you know i don't i don't think cape may has characters at this point i don't remember i think the restaurant might have just reopened but i'll have to double check but um chef mickey's does have characters and it's you know sort of the distance kind of very similar to topolino's where they sort of walk through the restaurant you can get sort of a distance photo with them but there's no like running up and hugging and autographs and all of that kind of stuff so Right. Um, I actually talked about that in my blog post this week yes. about how you can have character meals and meet other characters and stuff. So, yep. Nice segue. You want to see really cute photos of um, Charlotte with characters. 
Go to DisneyWearPrincess.com. <laughs> Check out this week's blog post. Um, so last week's podcast, we talked a lot about the Disney wish and all sort of about it and what we were super excited about. And then Disney has continued to give us more and more and more information. And every time they do, I get a little more excited because they announced the new sort of the ultimate suite on the ship. Yeah. Uh, me and come on. <laughs> It's in the funnel. I mean, it's really pretty. Is it worth the price tag, though? I don't know about Ooh. that. <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. It's in the funnel. But there is no balcony, which could affect things for mm. some people. Yeah. Um, that would bother me. I want, like, if I'm mm -hmm. paying that much money, I'm going to want some fresh air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the, for those of you not following it like we are, it's basically between, like, thirty and $50,000 depending on the cruise and, and how many people are in your, your party and all of yeah, that. So it sleeps up to, up to eight is how many it sleeps. Um, and it's, it's very cool. There's two, two bedrooms, a children's room, I think a library, mm -hmm. two, no, I mean, four, four bathrooms or something. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. gorgeous. But I feel like, again, Disney's missing the mark on the sweets market. Like, okay, fine. You're finally giving us bigger sweets, but you're raising the prices so exorbitantly and, like they're not offering the amenities that other cruise lines offer mm -hmm. when you book mm -hmm. a suite. Like I want for $50,000, like Charlotte said, I'm going to want a balcony. I want, you know, included drinks. I want a concierge that's going to do everything for me. I want a butler that's going to run errands for me. I want, you yeah. know, guaranteed. I, that, that right there. I mean, the butler service, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to go find, like, for that much money, I don't want to have to go find my own seats in the Walt Disney Theater. Yeah, Somebody better down there holding I, seats for exactly. me. Exactly. Right. I want, you know, guaranteed seating. I want, like, I want all of these things. I want, you know, and the concierge yeah. will make, you know, your, your cabana and your, your Palo and all of that. But like, I would then want the butler. But they also do that for the people that are spending $10,000. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I just, I feel like, come on, where's the free internet? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm just, yeah. just. Comparing and for it to people Royal Caribbean, that we're making this stuff up. These are <laughs> no. all things that are available on other cruise lines. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. free uh, free gratuities um, yeah. for sweet guests on certain certain yep. things with the butler and everything like that. So yeah, I mean, so don't get me wrong, the suite is gorgeous, and if I could afford it, I would love to stay there. But for fifty thousand dollars, I'm going to need a little bit more than a room in a funnel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and a, and an interactive statue. <laughs> yeah, ooh, <laughs> that's where my money's going. <laughs> But here's the thing. The reason that they do this is because people will pay it. We'll pay it. We oh, might. 100%. Yeah. We might not personally pay that, but there are people who will. And yep. that suite will be hard to come by. And it will be the first one to go. I guarantee yeah. you it's going to be well, very it'll be difficult. the first one to go because it's, there's only one. And right. as time calms down, I'm presuming the... Um, the price will come down slightly. Um, but I also think that the people that are willing to pay that and stay in that probably have not sailed other cruise lines before. Because if you're going to go sail another cruise line and stay at, you know, in a celebrity or a Royal Caribbean or even a Virgin, which hasn't even sailed yet, but like you see what you get in those suites, you probably wouldn't come back and then pay $50,000 for this. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. Hey, if anybody wants to take us, we'll go. But, right. right. Yeah. I mean, just we'll come on if you're listening. We will, you know what? Prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. Put us in the funnel suite. Let us experience it. Yeah. And, you you know, we if, if we feel it is worth the money, we will come back and sing its praises. I promise. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a reason that I have not 
personally sailed in the concierge on Disney Cruise Line, and I have on other cruise lines. And it comes down to value and what I'm getting out of it. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, you all know I don't mind paying the money for a nice vacation. It's not about the money in only. There's more to it than just that, and it's about the value. Yeah. And can I can I afford that suite? No, not anytime soon. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that I'm not saying never. I just want a good value for what I'm getting. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really do feel, and we've had this conversation before, that the difference in other cruise lines, it's a, a real sort of staggered difference from regular staterooms to up to the higher level suites. Like there's a bunch of categories in right. between. Whereas I feel like with Disney Cruise Line, it's a little all or nothing. You're either staying in a regular stateroom or you're paying wild amounts of money more for same stateroom, just with some extra concierge service. Exactly. And then wild amounts of money more over that for suites. Exactly. There needs to be a little bit in between. Yeah. And I mean, Disney Cruise Line is my favorite cruise line. I've been on others. Disney is my favorite. And Mm -hmm. I would, you know, there's a whole thing. Would you rather cruise more often or would you rather um, cruise less often? And for those who want to cruise more often, maybe Disney is not the one for them. But... You know, it's 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 getting hard to justify going on a cruise a year um, or something like that. You know, and some people don't get that opportunity. And I know that we are lucky to be able to do that. But other cruise lines, you can do more and get more more out of it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, look, I don't get to cruise on Disney Cruise Line every year. I posted. Um, like a screenshot recently of like my castaway club, like how many cruises they mm-hmm. had or whatever. And a bunch of our listeners were like, wait, how have I cruised more on Disney yeah. than you have? <laughs> yeah. I've, only, I've sailed on them eight times, you know? Yeah. It's an impressive number for most people, but for our listeners, they were like, really? Only yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, you know, so the Disney wish, which were, um, is available for booking as of now for certain guests. And it's amazing how, different it is and how many we all have as agents you know how many cruises we have versus our clients and how many they have and some of the clients that you would think might have 100 disney cruises only have like 19 or something like that like it's right. it's weird when you actually look at how many there are it's it's been an interesting breakdown i think so yeah yeah exactly all right so that does it for the news this week's coming up next we are going to talk about sort of all of Heather's recent travels. Cause we're going to talk about sort of like a little bit like Disneyland versus Disney world, Disney world versus universal. You know, how is everybody handling everything? What's going on? What's it like to be down there right now? And of course, keep in mind that everything has changed since she was there. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up next. Stay tuned. First of all, I want to know, uh, how was the weather while you were there? Oh my gosh, it was awful. But you are also asking somebody from California, like the <laughs> trip. Yeah, the weather was awful, 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 awful. Um, the first day I was there, well, yeah, I guess the first full day I was there, it was about ninety degrees and you know eighty percent humidity, and it was just disgusting. And I just found myself thinking, this is why I moved. This is why I no longer live here. Um, and then the next few days were 
hot, but not quite as humid. So it was manageable. And then my last two days, like I really just, I couldn't handle it anymore. I spent most of the day in my room working because I was like, I, I don't need to be standing in lines in a theme park dealing with this weather. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's summer, it's getting to be summer in Florida and that's just, it is what it is. You know, it's to be expected. Got it. Okay. All right. So let's start with, because you had just gone to Disneyland literally days before Walt Disney World, like what were some of the glaring differences you noticed between the two? Well, the weather, obviously. So uh, my first day at Disneyland was also 90 degrees. It's just, there's not humidity out here in the desert. So like, I didn't, find myself being uncomfortable in my mask at all. Like I never felt like I had to take my mask off at Disneyland. Like it was just like, okay, no big deal. In Florida, it was incredibly hard to breathe and we'll get into the mask thing in a little bit. Um, you know, so that was the difference is, um, it's just more comfortable to go around Disneyland than it is Disney World, you know, without the humidity. Um, also crowd size is the, huge huge difference because like we've talked about they're only letting you know 25 percent capacity at disneyland and it's only california residents so it's empty you know for all intents and purposes mm -hmm. uh florida it was packed packed it was so packed there was no social distancing nobody paid attention to it whatsoever um like i, I genuinely felt uncomfortable my first evening i went to grab some you know just something quick from disney springs because i was staying at saratoga springs so i just ran over there quick to grab um some dinner and i'm so uncomfortable with how disney's like how many people were there and then how they weren't even trying to manage crowds and distancing and um that i took my food to go and walked all the way back to the resort took like a half an hour from where i was at disney springs back to my room and just ate my dinner there because I'm just going to say it. Walt Disney World is no longer managing any type of safety protocols. There's no social distancing. Um, there was no enforcement of it versus coming from California, where if you even stepped an inch over a distance marker, they're like, please move back. Please move back. Like they were they're on top of it at Disneyland because they have mm -hmm. a lot to lose um they will get shut down again if covid cases go up and if they're not handling the protocols and that's very glaringly obviously not the case in florida um so I, I, if you're uncomfortable at all going out right now um in the pandemic do not just don't go don't go to disney world and for that matter don't go to universal orlando they're not handling it period the end Okay. Now you've stayed at Saratoga Springs before, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, how, they, but they've redone the room since you were there last, right? Yeah, the rooms are really beautiful. I mean, I tend not to stay at Saratoga Springs and this is, it's one of my home resorts. So, you know, it, it's not that I've never stayed there or that I'd hate it. Um, but like we say a million times here, like I, I like to stay where I'm going, uh, which is why, you know, you're not going to find me staying at Caribbean Beach or Pop Century or or any of the resorts that are not attached to a theme park because I prefer to be able to walk to where I'm going. Um, but, you know, this was a bit of a last minute trip. It was a business trip. It wasn't a vacation. And so Saratoga was one of the only things open. And so I booked it and just got to check out the new rooms, um, which are beautiful. Um, you know, there's, it's not smack you in the face Disney. There's just a little bit of a hint of Disney, but then it's also um, trying to keep in theme with the, the Saratoga Springs um, 
I don't want to say theming, but like what they're known for, right? Which is mm-hmm. horse racing and spas and relaxation. And so there's little horses everywhere. It's really cute. They do the call to post every maybe two or three times a day um, throughout the resort. And now were so, you there for the Kentucky Derby? Uh, no, I was in Disneyland for the Kentucky Derby. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was thinking I had, that would have been cute if you were actually in Saratoga Springs, like for like one of the big horse the, races of the year. I, I was know. curious if they did anything, but yeah. No, I, I missed that. Um, <laughs> I went down in between the Derby and uh, the Preakness, so I missed both by a weekend. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's really cute. Um, not all the restaurants are open. So the Turf Club, which is the sit-down restaurant, is not open. Um, but the two quick services are um, two, no, three of the pool bars are open, but they have limited hours. So, you know, just something to think about. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I know one of the other fun things that you got to do at Walt Disney World was you had a VIP tour, right? Sure did. I mean, <laughs> now let's preface this. Tell, explain why. <laughs> okay. So again, this was not a vacation. This was a business trip. Um, but what I'm going to say about the VIP tour applies to all of you who are planning a vacation. But um, as part of the um, the business trip, we had hired a VIP tour guide to get us into all four parks in one day and kind of just see what's new, see what hadn't been seen before by some in the group, um, you know, and really just get to experience as much as possible, which is the best part of a VIP guide, right? Like we've all done them before. You just yep. you get to like there there's so much more than a human fast pass like they can do so much more for you but the 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 most glaring benefit of a vip tour guide is the fact that you can just you don't have to wait in line and so right now while there's no fast passes there's no if you've ever been on the fence about maybe potentially possibly hiring a vip tour guide now is the time to do it because again like i said disney keeps upping their capacity wait times were back to like two or three hours for some of the bigger rides in the mm-hmm. middle of the day. And, and that's not always the case. It's not like that in the mornings or in the evenings, but um, there's still a wait and now you don't have fast passes. So, and then because there's no fast passes, when you use a VIP guide, you get to go in through the fast pass line, but there's nobody using fast passes now. So we literally just walked to the front of every single ride that we wanted to go on. Um, and we managed to do all four parks in seven hours, and I did not feel tired. Like, I came home and was like, okay, like, I'll go to work. Like, imagine going to four parks in one day. You would be exhausted. But with the VIP guide, you're not. Um, yeah, because so- they provide transportation to between each park as well, so. Yeah, which a lot of people don't know. You know, they'll pick you up from your resort, or if you have an early morning breakfast somewhere, they'll pick you up at breakfast, and you have your own private little van that takes you not only from park to park, but you don't go through the front gates of the park. You go, they park you backstage closest to whichever attraction you would like to ride. So for example, the Magic Kingdom, we parked in Tomorrowland and walked, you know, 30 paces to the People Mover, which had opened that day. Um, so yeah, I got to ride the People Mover and I'm I didn't, so jealous. <laughs> did not have to wait an hour because let me tell you at 11 a.m. the hour for the the line for the People Mover was one hour long. So um, wait, wait, wait. How, so how did you, without Fast Pass for the People Mover, I mean, because People Mover does not have Fast Pass. They so just how, stop, they just stop the line and say, here you go. 
And you oh, just wow. <laughs> literally cut the entire line. And then you wave to the people who are giving you dirty looks. And you're like, you, <laughs> you all could do this too. Um, it's like that episode of Blackish where they get a VIP yeah. tour. Let me tell you, that is my favorite episode of that yeah. show. <laughs> like, it. I know that feeling. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, I get it. The VIP tour is expensive. Nobody's here to tell you that it's not, but... If you have ever thought about it, I will tell you, like Charlotte was saying before, the value for what you pay is through the roof. Like you get so much out of the experience. Exactly. Like you don't want to wait for two hours to ride Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Like I rode it in less than 30 seconds. I just walked to the front. Um, And so, you know, and then beyond that, it's the transportation. You don't have to wait in any entrance line. So you're not like backed up through bag check. Um, You know, they will help you make your dining reservations and not all the time, but a lot of times they can score reservations that you weren't able to score on your own. So like if you really, really wanted to eat it, like be our guest or something and you couldn't get that reservation, they're going to probably be able to get you in there like they have a lot of wiggle room with a lot of people at disney um and they can help you set that up ahead of time and then also on the fly so if you're in the magic kingdom and you're talking to your guide and you say oh you know i really wanted to have lunch here they have a whole staff of people somewhere on property with their phones and their computers and their emails just whatever you need they're there to make it happen so yeah, it, yeah it's and, I, and I heard you say that um, you were Animal Kingdom and you were, at near the, I think, near the Tree of Life. And then um, you wanted to go to, maybe you were in Pandora, and you were going to go to Dinosaur. But you oh. actually left the park and drove to the back of yeah, Dinosaur so, so you um, walk all the way. Yeah, exactly. So, you, and it, so if you are tired, your feet are hurting, you have mobility issues, like this is huge, right? I literally did not, I didn't have to walk to dinosaur we had just ridden flight passage um we said okay we would like to go ride dinosaur and so we walked right back out state um backstage got in the van drove you know two minutes around the backside of the park parked in dinosaur went inside rode dinosaur came back downstairs didn't even go into the park just used the exit of the dinosaur building back in our van and then we went over to hollywood studios that's That's fantastic yeah I mean that right there <laughs> and, okay and so this could have changed but you still have to make the um virtual boarding pass for rise of the resistance correct yeah. so the one thing that they cannot get you on is rise of the resistance so they will take you on it but you all would have had to have gotten your boarding passes ahead of time got it excellent <laughs> okay that sneaks to be the one person in your party who didn't get right. one for whatever reason because so they were on their own. So sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What else at Walt Disney World? Uh, you know, because we, you know, we were talking Charlotte. You know, we just did an episode. Charlotte just got back, so not a ton had changed between Charlotte's trip and your trip. So not a lot of breaking news. Um, but was there anything else that you wanted to that was different or that you wanted to make sure that you mentioned? Um, let's see. I, the new gelato stand in the Italy pavilion opened. So I got to try that on opening day. Um, I was with our friend Susanna, who was on the podcast, um, who owns vegan Disney food. And so we kind of like combined forces and we got each of the two sorbetti flavors. So there's a ton of gelato flavors. They also have like affogados and different, um, ice cream cocktails, but we didn't, 
obviously want ice cream. So we got the sorbetti. They have strawberry and they have lemon. And my gosh, it's like as if they just ground up strawberries and froze them. And the lemon sorbetti was my favorite because at this point it was about 95 degrees and 9,000% humidity. And I'm just there with my lemon sorbet, sorbet and it was just the most refreshing thing. So highly recommend stop there if you're in Epcot. Um, and then, I, I mean, nothing else is new versus from when I went to the two weeks before that Charlotte was there. So Got it. Okay. I don't think there's anything breaking news or exciting, but um, I had a great time. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move over to Universal because that's not something that we talk a lot about on this podcast, although we are all, you know, we all like Universal. <laughs> We're all pretty big Universal fans. So, however, you're the only one that's been during the pandemic. <laughs> so, <laughs> talk- so I- First, specifically, like, are, like, what are the big differences, like, in the, just in the security process between the two, like, just getting into the parks, like, what's the big difference? Sure. So, um, Universal is still using the old school uh, metal detectors where, like, you know, like, almost like you're at an airport where you put your bag in the little bin Mm -hmm. and it goes through the, like, the, um, like the x-ray scanner, like you find at the airport and then you walk through the metal detector and you're on your way. Whereas now at Walt Disney World, we know that none of that is happening. You just walk. Um, And, you know, maybe you have to hold your umbrella out front or whatever, but in, for most points, you're not getting your bag checked at Walt Disney World. Um, So there's that, but I was surprised how fast it moved. Like I almost, I don't even know that I waited in line longer than 10 seconds, you know, just for somebody else in front of me to put their bag on the the x-ray machine. So it moved really fast. Um, at that point in time, um, Universal, by the time I got to Universal the day before, they had stopped their temperature screenings, whereas Disney was still doing it. Um, so there was that. Um, I noticed Universal doesn't use any dogs. Disney has a lot of, well, I don't know whether they're gun drug, bomb, whatever, sniffing dogs, the police dogs, Universal didn't have any of them. But what I liked about Universal, and if you're not familiar with how it's set up, you know, if you are not staying at a Universal hotel, you park in the parking garage, you're going to go through all of your security right there. And then you just walk to City Walk and the two theme parks. So you don't have to continually go. Like if you're hopping from park to park, you've already gone through security. So that was really nice. Like once you're through it, you're through it. Talk a little bit about the part you you talked a little bit at the beginning about how you felt pretty strongly that uh, social distancing supervision was just not in place. It's not Um, at all. Um, And so, again, this has now changed at Disney World, but that it wasn't when I was at Disney World and Universal changed the day before I got over there. So their social distancing went from six feet to three feet. Um, And... Like, it's just, nobody cared at all at this park. Um, at least, like, I felt like at Disney World, like, in the lines, people were attempting to stay on the little lines. Like, I don't even know that there there were no line markers in the lines at Universal. And so everybody, it was just, like, it had gone out the window. Like, even so much as um, checking in. Like, everybody, it was just, like, normal times. And that makes me really uncomfortable. One, I don't know you back away. I don't want to be touched anyway. I like personal space pre-pandemic time. And now during a pandemic, I want even more personal space and nobody would give that. Um, 
no, there's no cast members, you know, walking around reminding you, oh, put your mask back on. Oh, stay back. Like people were walking and eating, which it very clearly says everywhere that you're not allowed to do, but nobody's correcting them. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's just like, it almost felt like the Wild West coming from California, living in California, but being at the the theme parks, you know, five days before I had gotten here, the very drastic difference. Like I'm very, very, very uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you stayed at a new hotel, right? It's actually Universal's newest hotel. So new to me and new to Universal. Um, I stayed at the Endless Summer Dockside Inn and Suites. The surf, it's, um, for the, those of you who don't know, it's kind of like a sister resort. Like there's Yacht and Beach Club or the two poor Orleans resorts. Here it's the Endless Summer Resort. And then there's Dockside Inn and Surfside Inn. Surfside Inn is still at the time of recording closed they haven't reopened to guests um so it's i was at dockside and it's one of their value resorts um you know i would say it's comparable to probably the all-star resorts except for it is in a big tower so it's not motel style you don't have to walk outside to get to your room which is a huge benefit when it's florida and it's pouring rain in the afternoons um uh I will say I found it a little inconvenient compared to the other Universal hotels. Like if I'm going to go here and spend my vacation dollars, you're never going to find me staying at this hotel. Not because there was anything wrong with it other than it was inconvenient to the other Universal hotels. And But what I mean is you can't walk from this hotel to the theme parks. You can only reach it via bus. Mm-hmm. Um, the bus is there. Disney has something to learn. Like, Universal put Disney to shame on the bus transportation. Like every 30 seconds, a bus was arriving. So they run continuously, but it's still, you have to get in line for a bus. Um, You know, you're going to wait five to 10 minutes, depending on the time of day, you know, especially if it's early entry into Harry Potter, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, there's a huge line um, in the mornings. Uh, And then it also drops you off outside of the theme parks back by the parking garage. So where the off-site hotels get dropped off, that's where this hotel is getting dropped off. So you're not even necessarily in the resort. So I still had to go up the escalator, go through my security with anybody who was coming in for the day, you know, walk down those huge covered walkways before I finally got into City Walk. So mm-hmm. for a few hundred dollars more, I would like to be put at, you know, Sapphire Falls where I can walk or take a boat and I'm already within the resort. I go through security at my hotel and I'm there. Yeah. Um, and that's just personal preference. Like, I think it's a really fantastic option for somebody who's on a budget. Um, yeah, because and they start, I think, like $89 a night, $99 a night or something like that. Super, yeah. super inexpensive. Um, but, you know, for my vacation money, I want a hotel that comes with more perks and is closer to the theme parks. And so it doesn't matter whether that's Disneyland, Disney World, or Universal. I want to be right there. Um, Also, they, I found the rooms, the rooms were very bright and very pretty, but they were very much budget rooms. They're very small. Um, You know, they had two queen beds, but the rooms themselves were so small that it felt like the beds took up everything. Also, they didn't have coffee makers, which was infuriating to me because that meant I had to go down to the lobby where there was a Starbucks that took up half the lobby. I don't drink Starbucks. So there was no way to get like a coffee or make a tea in my room, um, 
which even the value resorts at Disney have now. So, you know, I found a lot of amenities missing. This particular hotel doesn't have a sit-down restaurant. It only has a food court, which is, you know, a value resort thing. But that's why I don't normally stay at the value resorts. So it was very nice. I just found it inconvenient and missing the amenities that I personally love for my vacation. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, It occurred to me that we sort of alluded to the new mask policy, but we didn't actually, like, say it. (laughs) So so since your trip um, on Friday night at literally 10 p.m. Eastern, Disney announced that um, guests are no longer required to wear masks in most outdoor spaces. Universal had actually made the same announcement earlier in the day. So we assumed it was coming. (laughs) I don't think anybody anticipated it quite that quickly. (laughs) So while I was there, um, masks were still required. But to be honest with you, uh, like maybe 25% of people were wearing them. And really? most of the okay. people who at both Disney and Universal now. So I, this is both of them, you know, and they had the, the masks under their noses. They had the masks under their chins. They just weren't wearing masks. At one point I stopped a, a security guard at Disney Springs and just like looked at him and pointed at someone and said, he's not wearing a mask. As the security guard is letting this man just walk into Disney Springs, standing next to a sign that said face masks are required. So that's where Florida's at. They're just, they're not, they're not yeah. enforcing it. Um, yeah. But now See, that- I, I, that, I, I saw more enforcement than I think that that you did when I was there. But I'm thinking that one of the differences in Florida and California is that Florida, that like they've been open for so long. And if a cast member says, please pull up your mask and somebody doesn't do it, they're just like, I mean, I'm sorry, this is above my pay grade. You know, it's like they're, they're so <laughs> tired of asking people to do it that yeah. it's, it's gotta be, I mean, I'm sure it's frustrating for them because they, you know, that, that's all they can do is ask somebody. And then if somebody's belligerent, they can get somebody else involved. But I, I, I think I, we use we we use our Patreon extra for our, how we Yes, that's what I was going to say. Is we're going to we're going to get a little more heated because I'm heated <laughs> about it. I was very heated about it on Friday night as I was posting and updating and things. I was trying very hard not to um, get heated in our, you know, public postings <laughs> and things. But um I'm not very good at hiding how I feel about stuff. So (laughs) we'll get into sort of how we feel about it in our Patreon extra. But for the purposes of this podcast, um, just so you know, masks are no longer required outdoors. However, they are still required, supposedly, um, in in attraction queues when entering and exiting attractions and, you know, theaters and things like that. um, And, you know, anything indoors. So... Just gonna leave that there. To say to that, but okay, great. Like, yeah, fine. Patreon.com/slash Disney Park Princess. We all have a lot to a lot of opinions on that yes. one, but I will say, um, on a more positive note, I got to experience two new attractions new to me at Universal because it had been a, a few years since I've been over there. Um, so I, I got to ride the Hagrid's motorbike adventure because I think that opened like three or four months after 
my last visit to Universal Orlando. And oh my gosh, it was so I love good. that ride so much. It was so good. It might it might be my favorite ride. Yeah. In all of the Orlando theme parks. Yeah. Whoa. It's so good. I don't know. I said it. I just, it was so fun. And so I rode with another agent in our agency um, who has ridden it a couple times and I had never ridden it. So she is like, okay, you're going to sit here. You're going to ride, like you're going to drive the bike versus, cause you, it looks like a little, you know, um, motorcycle with a sidecar that's what the ride vehicles look like and she's like you ride over there I'll ride in the sidecar and she said she spent her entire ride with me just watching me and not paying attention to the ride because she wanted (laughs) and so I knew nothing about this ride like I never looked up a you know a video on YouTube I like I looked I knew nothing about it because I just I knew that one day when I rode it I wanted to enjoy it and like it was so fun. And then there was points where it was intense and it looks like it's going up over a hill. And I just turned to my friend and I said, you didn't tell me it was going to do this. And she just starts laughing. And then <laughs> under you, and I'm screaming. It was so fun, but without being terrifying. Like it was almost, it was exhilarating, I guess. It was just, oh, it was okay. like, like if you're a Harry Potter fan, like I am, the theming was incredible. And it was, it was so much fun. That's, 10 out of 10. We'll ride again. Excellent. I can't wait. I haven't had a chance to experience it either, and I'm dying to. Oh, incredible. I, like, I loved it, and oh, my God, I wish that I ha- I did not have an Express Pass. Don't ever go to Universal without an Express Pass. I think that was the first and only time I've ever been to Universal Orlando and not had an Express Pass, because, again, I normally stay in the hotels who that include them, pro tip. Um, and it, the lines were awful, you know, they're like unlike Disney World, um, Universal has their their Express Pass back and available for you to purchase. So do that and save yourself hours and hours and hours of waiting in line. Uh, but I would have ridden Hagrid, you know, over and over again if if I had the Express Pass. So nice. Um, what was the other attraction? The Velocicoaster. <sighs> It's not even officially open to the public, but they've been, they started doing soft openings. It opens on my birthday. I know, it's so exciting. (laughs) So they started doing soft openings, I want to say like two or three days before I got there. And I was like, oh my God, is it going to be open? Is it not going to be open? I don't know. And it was closed the whole, like the first morning that I was there. And then out of nowhere, they were like, okay, it's open. And like we ran to the queue. And I want to say I waited about 45 minutes, um, which is very fast for this ride. This ride is going to have hours long waits when it's officially open. So just prepare for that. Get yourself the express pass. Um, this one, oh gosh, the queue was amazing. Like it's real. I'm not going to spoil anything, but like this was an intense ride and I don't know, like I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I would probably try it again, but it was terrifying. And I love roller coasters. I love thrills. Like this was a lot. I came off shaking and the the way the queue goes, you have to go up stairs to load and then you get off the ride and you have to walk down another set of stairs to get out of the ride. And I was like, my entire body was shaking that I had to like support myself on the (laughs) banister. That it was 
like half of the time, like I think I only saw two raptors because either my eyes were closed or it was going so fast you couldn't see what you were flying by. You spend more time upside down than you do right side up. There is no um, shoulder restraint. It is just a lap restraint. Yes, Sarah's face. We had to laugh. I, it's okay. No, I'm you, ready. You're upside down so that often into the lap restraint. Maybe oh, I don't yeah, want to ride. Just, like, it goes <laughs> over your head but it only locks in place on your lap so like you know when you ride rock and roller coaster you have the shoulder restraints with the handles so yeah, at yeah. least you hold them and you feel like okay i got this <laughs> not the case on velocicoaster it's oh, no. your lap and it's got two little handles that i think like i almost like cracked my knuckles holding on for dear life <laughs> and there's no floor so you are seated about three feet above like the floor of your ride vehicle so your feet are just dangling so pro right. tip do not wear flip-flops i happen to have sandals with ankle straps on because i was on a business trip but do not wear flip-flops they will fall off you are just floating in midair almost upside down like 90 percent of the time there mm -hmm. was a point point like I, I couldn't even keep my eyes open on that massive incline which you know normally when you go up an incline it slows as you climb up not this one like you're already going fast and then it speeds up like 30 percent more of how fast like you're already flying and then it goes 30 percent faster to launch you up over this thing and then there's a hang time but the worst part for me and i'm so dumb i had my eyes open on this part is they do like a barrel roll but you're only about five feet above the water so at one point like i'm just looking like i open my eyes and i am now upside down over the lake and i go this is it this is how i die this is the end <laughs> Like that was the thought process in my brain in the two seconds it took for me. Like I'm just now face to face with you're that close to the water. So you're like, okay, this is it. This is how I go. Um, which by the way is my worst fear drowning. So like that was great. Um <laughs> it was this is not a ride that you're gonna want to do like two or three times in a row, like maybe two or three times a trip on different days or like a few hours apart. Like it was intense. I enjoyed it. I will ride it again, but it's never going to be like a must do for me. Like it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay. I'm excited. Like my, my very first roller coaster that went upside down, I am almost positive. It only had a lap bar and it never had. And of course this was in the eighties, but <laughs> I'm, I am like, I remember the lap bar that came down and I'm almost positive. It did not have a shoulder thing. I, okay. I'm nervous now, and I love roller coasters. <laughs> I love roller coasters. This was intense. It I'm was excited. It was not like you know how Hagrid's, like I said, was fun and exhilarating. I'm like there were moments where you're like, ah, oh my gosh, this is the entire time. It was like it's a lot. It I'm excited. Wow. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode of the Disney Park Princess podcast. Unless there's anything that I missed that you want to make sure you mention about Universal. Um, what did we miss? Oh, Voodoo Donuts is open there. Go get yourself a Voodoo Donut because it's my favorite thing here in California. So just go get yourself one. Um, and that's it. That okay. is all. All right. So coming up on the Patreon Extra, we are going to be talking more about the mask policy, our feelings on it, um, what we think about it, how it, how the announcement was made, when the announcement was made, um, our thoughts on 
the poor cast members that woke up the next morning and found the whole world to change. Um, anyway, so if you would like to have access to this bonus content, uh, it is exclusive content that is just for our Patreon supporters. Patreon supporters are people that pay a small monthly fee that is in support of our podcast. Think of it as a tip. Think of it as a gratuity for good service. We provide this content for you every week. Um, if you're enjoying it and you'd like to help support our podcast, this is the best way to do it. So you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess. Uh, next week, I think we're going, we're continuing on with the Witch Attractions We Skip series, right? Sure. Sound good? Okay. All right. <laughs> sure. 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 Definitive answer. Uh, well, yep. Look, I, I am taking Sarah's um, mantra from a few weeks ago that things are changing so rapidly, we just really can't pick anymore. We have a That's whole right. we have a whole schedule planned out for months, you guys, and then things just <laughs> happened. And Everything so, keeps going cattywampus. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if things get changed around, poor Disney bounding will never get done because yes. it yeah. keeps getting bumped. So we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But if you have a suggestion for a topic that you would like to hear, you can reach us at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com. And of course, don't forget to visit our website, www.DisneyParkPrincess.com. Join our Facebook group, Facebook page. Charlotte's waving at me. I forgot to say, and I can't believe oh, I, right. I said it at the very beginning. She wore a shirt and everything. Yeah, I said it at the very beginning. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, my family and I, we were in Asheville visiting other family and we were at a brewery, and normally I don't even go on these brewery trips because I don't drink beer, but I did, and I was sitting there at the table, and someone came up to me and said, are you Sharla? And I was like, yes. Oh, and she said, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I listened to your podcast, and I recognized your voice, and I was like beaming ear to ear, but we put... We put a picture up on our stories, but uh, shout out to Caitlin, who came and met me at the brewery. And it was just, I, I couldn't believe how famous I was and everything. <laughs> so, um, it was just. She texted was, us. We were all so excited. It was the most surreal experience ever. And I was so excited um, about that. And Caitlin was so sweet. And I'm so glad that she came up to me and talked to me for a few minutes. Um, it was great. So, yeah. And I love that she used the universal podcast host greeting, you know, which is, well, I heard your voice. Yeah. <laughs> Every single person that has ever seen me ever <laughs> says. Which now, is in my so case, it's followed by, well, I heard the voice and then I saw the hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a surreal experience because then I was like, did I say something that I shouldn't have said? Right. And, you yeah, know, all of a sudden, like, shoot, did I, was I swearing? I was not. <laughs> I was not. I was actually talking about our Dude, podcast just... to the people who didn't know about it. It was fantastic. Anyway, thank you, Caitlin, for saying hi. And that was awesome. And I hope to see her again. That was really cool. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it when I get to to, I... to meet our listeners. Um, there is nothing more fun to me than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get to see you guys in person. Um, it just makes it so much more real. And it just makes us it reminds us why we do this every single week, you know, um, that we're not, this is not just an excuse for us to, to get together and chat because we do that every we day do that anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> we do but uh, yeah, we do this for you guys. So thank you, Caitlin. Thanks for stopping and making Charlotte's day. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All of our days. <laughs> was just Charlotte's, so. All right. That does it for this week. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.